it's great to be able to make a living a bigger living than you would have expected from life anyway me making a living that was like one of the biggest goals and i already reached that in 2013 in 2020 i i had my first year where i had like a six-figure income It, it changes a lot about the way you think about the world as well and like the opportunities you you kind of see it's like oh wait i never thought i would be able to do this might as well give it a shot i'm in this privileged position but yeah man i'm really thankful to you yeah. and to beatstars that you guys are providing the platform not only for me but the hundreds the thousands of lives you guys have changed and kind of empowered because i feel like without that there would be so many more producers struggling out there yeah. especially the producers who are living in remote in remote areas right. in whatever country they're living and you know it yourself they're they're from everywhere i feel blessed for them and i feel blessed for myself to be part of that movement and that being the driving force to me living the best possible life stars the foundation the precedence we flying flags in every city global residence and we killing off the masters ghetto slave driving bastards we making hits faster than you can think we're on the brink of revolution all my indie music makers here's your restitution uh we got the game in a chokehold not paying the creators is a no-no i got the smoke road for all the fam bam today i'm sitting with my homie one of the beat stars all stars one of the people that i look to look up to on in this community, um, my guy Tantu Beats, straight out of Utrecht, yes. Netherlands, uh, is, in, is here in Austin, Texas, on my first podcast, and I'm honored to have you, my brother. Man, I am honored to being on your first podcast. Is this the first like real life podcast you ever recorded? I think so. Man. Yeah, I think so. Wow. Yeah, I'm honored, man. So I'm nervous, man. Me. Listen, I'm nervous because um, I'm. I'm private in public, but I, I like, you know, it's, 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 um, I think there's a lot of people that would learn from my experiences as an entrepreneur. And I think there's a lot of people that would learn from yours. Might not be the most perfect advice or information or your journeys, but we we have had so many good conversations through the years. Right. And I'm sure you've had so many powerful conversations with so many people, so many entrepreneurs before it's, it's a waste to not share that. Right. So. I think it's uh, it makes a lot of sense. Agreed, man. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. Um, how's how's your experience been so far here in Austin? Great. Yeah. Great. So obviously, like it's only been two days now. Um, so I flew out to LA um, about ten days ago, mm-hmm. just to uh, to network, meet people that I've spoken to uh, online for years, actually create that physical, real connection, um, and obviously you asked me to come to Austin for a couple of days. So here I am. Uh, man, we had some great barbecue yesterday. So yeah. uh, really happy. Uh, yeah, really happy being here, man. Hell yeah, man. I, I love uh, having you here. It's not your first time here in Austin. No. Uh, this is your second time. Yeah, oh yeah. The, what happened the last time you were here? The last time I, w- <laughs> I was here, well, I, you were there for sure. So last time I was here, it was in, uh, around the end of 2017 mm-hmm. when I, uh, I asked to intern with you. Because mm-hmm. I was still in uh, university studying mm-hmm. music and technology. Yeah. And in the third year, we had to do a three-month internship. And I was already selling beats, of course. Was already doing that for a living, paying my university through that as well. Right. And uh, I was like, damn, I should use that opportunity to actually go to the United States. Because I had never been there before. And actually meet the people that provide me with the service, BeatStars, that help me sell the beats. And actually get into the environment of the people who are actually buying the beats as well. Because 
I had never been to the States, like I said, but 80% mm -hmm. of all my sales were coming from the States. Mm. So my living was provided by people from the United States, but I had no idea how the culture felt. So mm. it was, it only made a lot of sense to, uh, I think I put on Twitter around like January, 2017, Hey, I'm uh, looking for an internship in North America. So right. we're music related. Mm -hmm. And we had just been talking about me joining BeatStars and, uh, and you replied to my tweet. And that was the beginning of it. So then I came here for three months, of course, built the BeatStar studio uh, elsewhere in the city. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we did a lot of fun projects. Mm -hmm. Got some, I got some great information game there from you. Definitely learned a lot. And uh, yeah, man, that was a very interesting, insightful first experience in Austin. But now we're here four and a half years later, so. Yeah, man, 2017 feels like yeah. a lifetime ago. Yeah. Um, but I think one really unique experience that we shared, though, was uh, we were part of the One Week Notice album project. Let's put a hand-selected hand four or five artists and a couple producers. Let's put them in a studio. Let's put them in a house and have them make, make an album in one week. And you were interning around that same time when that was all being put together. It wasn't really the plan. You didn't know that that, that was going to like, you were going to fall in during, during no, the turn. No, no. And, um, so who were, who were some of the artists, who were some of the artists and producers that was on that project? Can you explain a little bit? Uh, like, who was on so there? they brought two producers, mm -hmm. uh, Kato, Kato on the track yep. and DJ Hoppa. Uh, some of the artists that were invited for the project were Dizzy Wright, um, the guys from Audio Push, mm -hmm. uh, Demrick, um, Reezy, I believe was his name. Jeremy Benson. Jeremy Benson, of course. Um, uh, the budget. Emilio. Yeah, Emilio. Yeah, yeah, of course. Really. So really many, cool so many amazing yeah. different characters, different from different backgrounds. Latino rapper. Jaren being from the South. Yeah. Uh, Demrick and, and. It was uh, a big melting pot. Yeah, Demrick, I think it was East Coast and Dizzy Wright from Vegas. And it was just, it was just, it was super cool. Yeah. But one thing, one thing that really like, um, really stu stood out to me was you were, man, you were someone that's not afraid to like jump at an opportunity, even if you are not fully prepared to like. Yeah. Take take on the opportunity oh, yeah, at that yeah, time. Yeah. We'll get more into your career and stuff, but I just we're just pointing out because you're here in Austin, and the last time you're here was was during that project. And I'll, I'll share I'll just share with the people that you know we didn't have an engineer on on board for the project, and Tantu was raised his hand and says I'll do it. And we we were working in, within Pro Tools, and um, you didn't have that much experience with Pro no. Tools, and you're running a session with all these experienced and really successful artists and producers, and you. You handle this that whole week, that whole week, um, recording, mixing, mastering. Like yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. All all the hours of the night. Yeah. Um, wh what did you get from that? What did you What did you get from that experience? What, what I, was that like for you as a producer, as an engineer, as a? <clears throat> so that was definitely back in uh, back in a time where I definitely had some. I was definitely I was touching the waters of trying to be an engineer as well, mm -hmm. beside being a producer, because I had been making beats by that time for already eight years because i started in 2008 2009 but i was always intrigued about like okay how do good mixes like how does it change your experience of music to me it looked like a great opportunity to kind of have like a real fast-paced learning experience in how you record mix and master a full album because i did all three of those in a, a time span of literally two weeks which was very i mean it was 
it it took a lot for me like mm. it, it it was very it was heavy to do but what i learned from it is definitely that i kind of learned to appreciate my limits as well where i definitely there there were times where i kind of felt like i i crossed my my own boundaries mm. uh just because i wanted something so much but i definitely learned mm. to be more mindful about these boundaries as well and to not be afraid to be vocal uh about mm. these because mm. i definitely had to be at some point because uh, you know you're working with eight artists at the same time like yeah. you have to kind of right keep yourself together because if you if you crash like if if i would crash right there like the i would project crashes. no yeah the whole project would crash so um that was definitely a good thing to learn and mm. it also made me realize like after especially like after one or two years after that i was like okay maybe i don't think being an engineer is for me I might just hmm. really focus on the production side because that's where I really find the most fun. Mm -hmm. That's where the that's where the magic happens for me. Yeah, that's important. So you you like really got put yourself in an uncomfortable situation, um, exposed who exposed your strengths and weaknesses, and but um, and then discovered that hey, engineering is not for me. Maybe I need I don't I don't need to like tackle all of these different yeah. roles and responsibilities within the ecosystem and yeah. of of the music production stack of like responsibilities yeah, and you, you focus on your strength and i think that's really important yeah. and i think a lot of a lot of creators get lost with trying to do everything oh yeah a lot of creators get lost yeah. a lot of producers get lost with trying to do everything mm. um i mean we're being we're, self yeah. conscious like being self-reflective on on those kind of things throughout your career, how how is how have you used moments like that to um, pivot? Mm -hmm. And and I guess let's even take it back to like, why did you even want to become like an independent music entrepreneur in the first place? Yeah, why why? Because usually, you know, you think about music producers and creators, and it's about the art, it's about the music. Yeah, you don't really doesn't you don't really focus on the business part. You don't really focus, a lot of, a lot of artists don't really focus on yeah. the entrepreneurial part and the responsibilities yeah. and the heavy lifting that goes with that. You know, what What made you focus with that? And then talk about some of those pivots. Some, talk about some of those, some of those. Some of those some, moments. Yeah, some of those moments where you had to like shift yeah. and like reflect on yourself. I'm like, yeah, that's not me. This is me. Yeah, is, so you know, I think most of, so regarding the, the pivotal moments, I think most of these moments have definitely been like, me having set certain goals for myself like oh i i really would love would love to work with this kind of person or i would really i would really want to have like this amount of sales or i really would like to like reach this this goal in on the production side or whatever and uh not being able sometimes like you know like in in a career of 12 years you you create goals for yourself you hit them you miss them and especially like when i miss them I was always very self-reflective on why did I miss them? And more often than not, the answer was because I didn't dedicate uh, my full focus to whatever I was trying to do. So let's say I want to have a number one hit song as a producer, but I'm also mixing other people's songs. That doesn't add up. Because if you want to be a number one billboard producer, for instance, you're going to have to dedicate your time to that because there's a thousands of maybe hundreds of thousands other other cats trying to reach that same goal and they are dedicating their time to it so you kind of got to compete so 
a lot of the moments where I was like, okay, I got to like refine my focus were the moments where I realized like, oh damn, I just, I wasn't able to reach this goal. I'm like, I'm from top of my head. I'm not sure like what kind of goals I would be talking about now, but definitely looking back at it and feeling how focused I am right now compared to, let's say a couple of years ago, I can definitely tell that these were very important moments to me. Um, but then regarding your, your question about entrepreneurship, like why, why would you, you want to be it, a, Yeah, you did it in college, right? Like you started, you started your business in, while you were in college. While being in high school. High school. I think that would, I was, so yeah, I was 14 when I started making beats. And I was 16 or 17 when I created, uh, together with a high school friend, we created my first web shop where I started selling non-commercial or non, non-exclusive licenses. Right, right, right. <laughs> Definitely commercial. Right. Um, to rappers and artists. So that was in 2010 already. Um, and why I did that, it's, it's an interesting question because what got me to do that? Because I could have also just only worked on the beats and just kind of find my way through whatever was would be handed to me. But I always felt like I wanted control over my own destiny in a way. So control over um things that are you know i love doing things i love creating things i love putting effort in things and see it flourish and like use that to kind of build towards my goals and i definitely feel like one of the reasons why i probably started being an entrepreneur so so early already because i I was only making beats for like one or two years and the market wasn't that big yet it wasn't that well known it was kind of frowned upon to be honest Mm. Um, but I felt, I felt like selling beats, for instance, was a great way to kind of take control over um, just the, ma- the fact that if I put energy in this, something will happen. And that's on me. I don't have to rely on anyone else mm. handing me anything. Mm. I mean, I'm in, the, I'm in the Netherlands, so like, mu- like worldwide musically, there's not that much going on there anyway, right? Uh, maybe for like EDM music or sure. anything like that. But uh, for me to reach my goals, I needed to, I, I, I couldn't rely on like bumping into some crazy A&R into the, into the streets of LA because right. I was in Utrecht. Right. I was in O30. I was just like yeah. in, in a small city. And um, so, yeah, it was just, yeah, like I said, it was taking control over my own destiny. Taking control over your own yeah. destiny developing developing a craft that you can control how far you can go with it and um and turning it into a product as you as you saw the emergence of kind of like the online digital entrepreneur like okay maybe there is a market even though this is frowned upon yeah even this and when you say like you know a lot of people you know i guess from your perspective you're in this like location where industry for you're the type of music that you were making really was non-existent and you're you're hearing when you 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 say it's frowned upon you're 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 referring to like people that lives lived in like really um music industry hubs like los Mm -hmm. angeles or new york that had the luxury had the luxury of like operating operate or nashville right they had the luxury of operating um within a city that you know 
had already a music ecosystem yeah. and they can operate in that way and they can, you know, kind of navigate and figure out their, their role in there. So, um, but no one, no one really, um, no one really considered you, you know, kind of in a sense, the people like you, right. People yeah. like you, yeah. even here in rural, rural America, like no one, no one considered those people. No yeah. one considered, no one like validated their artistic con con contribution yep. to the global music industry. And, um, and I'm so happy that you believed in yourself and didn't, yeah. didn't pay attention to, um, the, the, the people that were kind of like frowning upon, you know, independent entrepreneurship, independent, like put self-determination, yeah. build your own business. And you, you, you blocked that noise and you, you worked on something that was empowering to yourself and yeah. to your family and to your brand. And, um, there's something to be said about that, man, there's something to be said. And especially now when you're saying that, you know, when I hear you say, you know, um, my, customer bases all over the world. I, I don't just collaborate with people in the Netherlands. Like I'm collaborating mm -hmm. with yeah. people in the United States, oh, yeah. all these rappers, all these artists, recording artists, yeah. singers, vocalists, you know, whatever it is. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a this global music economy. And yeah. you are to me like, you know, a walking testament to the success of that model. You know, um, people may not know like what, you know, what are some of your contributions other than, of course, licensing to thousands and thousands and thousands of recording artists yeah. and giving them a canvas and a landscape to express themselves, which alone is powerful, yeah, oh, yeah. which alone is powerful, yeah. where with no monetary return is powerful, giving, yeah. giving another human being their, the ability to express themselves artistically, yeah. emotionally and develop that way alone is fulfilling and it's powerful. It's beautiful. But we're lucky to live in a world where these things can be monetized and these things can be, oh, yeah. and, and art and art can be compensated yeah. and you've successfully done that. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's beautiful. Tell me a little bit about your, the global contribution that you've had with maybe some, some like, some songs, some songs. Yeah, that, some notable that, some songs. Some notable songs. Yeah, yeah. Just, just so people know that you're, you know, when yeah. this beat maker <laughs> sitting in, the, in, in his, mama's his mama's house in Utrecht, <laughs> like making beats, going to university, like, you know, tell them what what was able to come to fruition in those in those bedrooms at mama's house. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, like, oh, yeah, sure. Um, well, obviously, uh, I had a couple platinum songs. Mm -hmm. uh, I produced the very first single for uh, Paulo Londra, which is like one of the biggest Argentinian uh, rap artists. Yeah, he actually made his very first single on a beat of mine. He found on my YouTube. Amazing. And uh, yeah, he forgot to license it. He didn't <laughs> license it, so I kind of reached out to him like, "Hey, I see your song is blowing up. It had like a million views." So we we cut a deal for that. Cool. And um, so that's one very great example of how my beat. It was the start of like a huge career. Like anyone I meet from Argentina knows him. Anyone, probably a lot of people from Latin America as well. Um, but so yeah, man. And there's many examples like that. I worked with Coscaluela, it's a Puerto Rican uh, artist. Uh, it's, it's like more of an OG, but really, really big as well. Um, I worked with the Higher Brothers, which is a Chinese rap group, which uh, we're pretty big in the U.S. for a moment as well, working with like Rich Brian, Joji. They released our songs on 88 Rising, the label. Um, actually even got to meet them 
go physically in the studio with them when they performed in Amsterdam. That was really wild um, because, you know, like you usually don't get to meet the people who rap on your beat, especially if they find them online. Right. Uh, so flipping that online transaction into a real life moment, they even got me on stage with them. Sold out show. They asked me on stage. They performed the song they made on my beat. And, That's uh, love, man. Yeah, and then the next day I booked the studio and they came over and we, we, we cut like three tracks, which came out a couple of months later. So that was great. Um, I created, um, two years ago I created a song with Baby No Money. It's a, it's a big newer artist mm -hmm. uh, from Canada. Um, man, so there's... There's so many about, examples. What about like like Ty Ty Verdes? Oh yeah, Ty Verdes. Like yeah, that's an upcoming guy for yeah. sure right now. Like he's getting really big. I'm so inspired by him. Yeah, I'm so inspired by him. Artist. Ty is like, um, you know, when we think about like the artist side mm -hmm. of what the power of what beat stars can do yeah. and connecting connecting our creators, not yep. just helping the producers with their entrepreneurial goals, but also the recording artists lay their their um their landscapes, yeah. you know, for music. Ty is, in a, is a great example, is a great example yeah. of a kid on, the, on TikTok, basically, right? Yeah. Investing in himself and, you know, licensing beats on yeah. BeatStars, working with producers like you, um, shooting amazing quality content, yeah. and really nailing down, like, a niche audience for himself, mm -hmm. you know? Um, it's... It's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. And you, so you, you guys, you guys have done some stuff. You guys have done. Some yeah. Stuff so there. I did a, uh, I made a collab beat with GC. Mm. Shout out to GC. Oof. Killer. That's another, uh, Killer. That's another beat god. Yeah. Incredibly interesting guy as well. Uh, but I, I, I did a couple of collaborations with him and one of them, I guess got picked up. We by might have to call this podcast the beat god podcast. We might have to change it after yeah. episode one. The beat god. The oh. big gods. <laughs> gods. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Kanye style <laughs> right there. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so uh, we, we just had a collab beat and it kind of blew up. Yeah. And uh, out of all the people who found it, also Ty Fredaz found it. Mm -hmm. they, li they licensed it non-exclusively. Yeah. Um, now he signed to like Sony, I think. I don't know what label. I don't know. Oh, I think maybe definitely one of those. Uh, uh, like some sort of joint venture, major yeah. something. Yeah, but yeah, he's blowing up. So yeah. that's that's definitely a big one on the credit list as well. It's interesting. What do you think, do you think yeah. about that? So like, Tantu, you you know you you came uploading beats on YouTube early two thousand. You said two thousand what? Two thousand. I uh, my first beat uploads were in two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Yeah. Okay. It's a long time. So you're uploading beats two thousand eight. <laughs> long time, and you're only twenty eight. I'm twenty eight. Yeah. You're only so twenty eight. Yeah. Holy shit, man! You've been doing this shit since you were really young, and though like. I mean, smartphones and really like mm. media and social media, even during that time, wasn't really that mm -hmm. prominent, man. Like this, connecting and working with musicians. Yeah. Did you ever think in your wildest dreams that this, the music industry now, how it's being powered by the online community, mm -hmm. the people that were frowning upon it are now yeah. like, whoa, this thing is like powering yeah. the whole music industry now. Did you ever think that at some point you were going to have this like, role in this whole like explosion of how music is made interesting question um, did you think about those kind of things like i was i was definitely i was i i was kind of manifesting for myself like at a very young age already like okay i'm going to the united states at some point 
having no idea like when that would be and like what would be the driving force behind me going there whether it's an internship or right now to do studio work in los angeles and meet you up meet up with you here um but i always definitely had some sort of feeling like i'm destined to kind of push it further than my own country Mm -hmm. than the netherlands because i always was just so interested in uh, the music culture that was created in the United States. That's what I love about being here anyway, like being closer to the places where the music was made that, I, that I'm listening to, that I'm used to listen to, that I grew up with. Right. It, it, there's something powerful in that and it kind of, it gives me a lot of motivation, but also a lot of context around like, mm-hmm. okay, this is where it was created and this is probably what it took in this environment. But if I would have ever thought that it was, it would be like the online producer community that would be the driving force behind me going these places and, and reaching these goals. I don't think so. It's hard, like, it's hard to, to foresee these things. I mean, you were definitely one of the, you were like a, you had like, it, it all, it's almost like you had like a, how do you call it? Like a, a how did they call it? Like a ball where you, I did. like where you see the future in. <laughs> I really did because yeah. um, it was so personal to me from an experience, you know, from an experience side, you know, yeah. I experienced it from the artist side, yeah. you know, I was buying beats in AOL chat rooms. I was buying beats mm-hmm. in AOL. You guys don't even know what the fuck that is. Like I was buying beats in AOL chat rooms in 1996, 97, maybe. Yeah. Right. 97. Crazy. I was in chat rooms and buying beats from various producers in Japan, Alabama, yeah. uh, Paris, France. And um, I didn't I don't know if you know how you, I don't you. Do you know why? Like I kind of wanted to start. Why this. you? Um, yeah, why, because why? there was no. I couldn't find dope producers in yeah. my in my area. And I had I had moved from the East Bay, um, mm-hmm. right outside of Oakland, in Hayward, California, and I moved to South San Francisco. I was 16 years old, and I didn't have a car. Yeah. And um, we just had got our first computer in the house. And um, I was bored of shit. I didn't have any friends, but I wrote music. That's all yeah. I did. I've been writing music since I was like nine years old. It was like therapy, man. It was just like emotionally, it yeah. got me through everything as a teenager, especially yeah. oh, when you lose I, your, all your friends, yeah. you lose, you lose everything. You know you what I'm saying? Imagine. Yeah. And we don't, you didn't have, we didn't have FaceTime to call my homies up, you know, no. or get on the Xbox and play, no. <laughs> yo, let's play. You know what I'm saying? Play, yeah, play, no, play. It's, it's lonely. It, it was lonely, it, it gets bro. Boring and lonely, right? It was dark. It was yeah. dark. And it, music got me out of my darkness, yeah. you know, and, um, writing to it and finding producers. And, um, I would, haggle because I, no, I didn't have no money so i would haggle with producers in these chat rooms yeah and i'll say yo i'll give you 20 bucks just send me the mp3 and the internet was so fucking slow back then you mm-hmm. couldn't download an mp3 bro <laughs> for real you couldn't download an mp3 so yeah, yeah. these guys would have to like mail me a cd you know mail, oh, mail me a yeah, cd yeah okay. mail me a cd with a with an with a, like an agreement would they ever put like the track outs on the cd yeah as well? sometimes really? if wow. i if, if i asked for it okay. yep and or paid for it yeah you know or paid for it yeah and I just thought, man, this is so inefficient. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it like, is. <laughs> I was like, wow. this is so inefficient. This is like blocking my creativity. Yeah. You know, blocking my creativity. 
And it was such a big problem. It's like one of those aha moments. It was like, you know, with, with a lot of like products that you see, you're like, whoa, that's solving such a big problem. Like, duh, right? Especially when you experience the problem over and over, yeah. it was really easy for me to kind of like understand that, um, yeah, there's millions of rappers out here and they're not all wanting to work with Joe Schmo producer mm -hmm. in, uh, in their local cities. And, and right. with people like you in your, in your, um, in your situation where there might be a rapper in your little city that doesn't have access to a hip hop producer cause it's EDM focused, but I'm a, yeah. I'm a rapper or yeah. I'm a singer or, you know what I'm saying? You know? And so that was, um, that was the big aha moment for me, how it helped me personally and mm -hmm. got me through it and developed me. And I was like, man, this shit is gonna, this is, this is gonna take a life of its own. Yeah. This shit's going to take a life of its That's own. That's wild. Just build it. What's up, everybody? This is A. Batchon, the host of the Pay the Creators podcast here at BeatStars. Please make sure you like and subscribe across all the different platforms you listen to the podcast so you don't miss out on these amazing stories from all the people in our community. Peace. That's wild. Yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's, it's, it's part of like globalization in general, right? Because yeah. I, I grew up watching skateboard movies. Yeah, I talk about like, that. Yeah, so I'm, I've always been a great skateboarder. A yeah. great, I don't mean like I'm not the best, but like... I've always been like super interested in skateboarding. I've, yeah. I started skateboarding when I was 10 years old. When I was 14, uh, I got a really bad knee injury. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't skate for a year. So And and like skateboarding was everything to me, like literally right. everything. I would right. go to school and skateboard and do my homework. Like that was literally the only thing I was doing. And then I couldn't do that for a year. So that's, that's, that sucks real bad. And, and long, long term yeah. injuries are not fun. No. So that's actually <laughs> why I started making music because I was, kind of homebound so okay hold on uh, yeah. so let me stop you because this is we're, we're talking about self-made and it being independent and driving your own journey yeah but you're a kid yeah you're a kid 14, yeah. how did you get the means to like get a computer and like yeah so like I, get a get some gear did mom and dad like believe in your in your dream yeah uh <laughs> I, I think i got my own computer probably like one year before i started making music so i was already right. i think when i when i went so in the netherlands you have like uh i guess elementary school and then high school there's no, no, no such thing as middle school right um so when i was 12 and i went to high school i think i got my first computer Mm -hmm. um that's also when like the first social media would pop up like facebook kind of became a thing it was like 2006 mm -hmm. um but so i did have my own computer i did have like very very shitty speakers i i have no idea what brand <laughs> they were really shitty I had, I had like i think like earbuds which were like probably like five five bucks yeah um and how i did get the means i mean even back then so that would be 2007 2008 it was still possible already to crack your software. Mm. So I, yeah. I would crack FL Studio, FL Studio 7. Um, and they would, uh, yeah, I just had a couple of friends who told me about the program. I was getting very intrigued and I just gave it a shot because I, I always had wanted to do music, but obviously like I was skateboarding all the time. Plus I didn't have the time nor the the interest in really going to guitar lessons, for instance. I was never really patient like that, but I always loved doing things on my computer, like mm -hmm. editing skateboarding videos, like mm -hmm. all these little things, a little more nerdy. Sure. sure. And um, so making music through a software program, it just made so much sense mm -hmm. to me to do it that way. So that's how that started. Um, and I had a good friend who made old school hip hop music himself. 
and uh, he taught me like for like half a year on and off like he would give me tips and i would send my stuff to him it would be like oh now you gotta add like this sound there and then maybe you should sample this and then you can create these kind of patterns or whatever and um yeah man that's how that started about so What's the, his, what was yeah. his name what, what was is he still making beats is arlen no he's no. not no no unfortunately not we kind of lost contact yeah like but anyway uh my first beats were just i made them to to be used in the skateboard videos we mm. would create because i couldn't skate but i still wanted to be part of my friend group because right. like these were my best friends i still wanted to contribute to whatever we were building what so we were doing you were together. helping them create the skate videos and, yeah. the, and the music background music yeah. for it yeah so but t tell me a little bit about during that injury yeah let's okay let's not just like focus always on the the successful journey and the steps that you know got mm -hmm. us to where we are but there had to be a moment there was there had to be a pivotal moment right there yeah. where you said i had to contribute i had to contribute somehow i had yeah. to contribute creatively somehow whether it's like video editing music whatever to to the, to this to the thing you love which was skateboarding tell me a little bit like mentally emotionally yeah that transition that though that moment was you know can you can i kind of explain yeah it? i mean it, how what, what were the challenges during so that time for you i definitely think the challenge of course was accepting that the dream of being a professional skateboarder that i used to have was not gonna probably not gonna happen because i knew because i knew like I, I might get out of this injury but i will never be able to really jump stairs again like that kind of stuff so I kind of had to embrace that and that kind of got me down pretty bad for for quite a bit um obviously like it's it's your life it's like kind of what drives you what drives your social life as well so that definitely hurt um and then I think you know whenever and that's just my way of coping with pain like that and it's it still to this day it's it's the way I I cope with it is whenever I'm in pain I first feel it for for a little while mm -hmm. and then my my brain slowly starts like going pretty quickly like let's say I'm like I'm two weeks into hearing I can't skate forever I, like I, I will never be able to skate again it will take me two two weeks of feeling bad and then my, my brain will start rolling will start putting up gears and it's like looking for solutions like okay mm -hmm. what what's next what's next what's next and then I just all these ideas start com start coming up how i can flip it to a positive thing uh i would still go skateboarding but i would only do wheelies all day i would do wheelies so i was the, i was the fucking wheelie master <laughs> of the whole probably of the whole country i could do like four minute wheelies, wheelies. on the skateboard yeah no kidding there's even a like an old ass video of me doing a three and a half wheelie a three and a half minute wheelie through a whole skateboard going off the hill like making making turns and everything all on like two wheels so i would always and that's still to this day like i said the way i do it i will always try and flip something negative to something positive right um and but that's, not, not yeah. everyone has that um ability to shift yeah not everyone has that ability to shift for some people that could be like a very devastating yeah, moment of for them yeah. and could take them into like a really really negative direction oh, yeah. really bad path yeah. you know what what would you say um what would you say helped you mm. you know helped you yeah. you know um yeah so definitely what helped me 
is having like a stable environment to mm. grow up in. Uh, I mean, we didn't have much money or whatever, but mm -hmm. my parents were together. They were happy. My mm -hmm. brother was happy. He was doing yeah. his thing. Um, I, had a, I, I grew up in a, in a fine neighborhood. You know, and I, I think these kind of things, they gave you, they, they, they can, they probably gave me like the, maybe, maybe not, but that's the thing that comes, like, like that comes to mind right away is that, that, that might have been definitely a big reason why I was able to turn thing, like flip things over. You had the ability to reassess, yeah. you had the luxury of yeah. being able to reassess yeah. your, your options yeah. in your future. Yeah, you know? good education options, you know, so, um, yeah, almost like being privileged in a way like that, I think definitely made it easier. Of course, it also comes with character traits. Um, but uh, not, see, when it's, I think people can grow up in a very stable mm -hmm. home. They could have all the opportunities available to them, but it's, there still needs to be that element in someone to actually like attack it to yeah. actually like take advantage of opportunities and actually ex executing, executing, executing like yeah. opportunity of availability is much different than executing on the opportunity. Yeah. And you need a lot of interpersonal skills. You need a lot of like, uh, the, the, you need to have the openness and the ability to constantly be learning, yeah, educating oh, sure. yourself. Yeah. Um, what would you say to people? What would you say to like, what would you say to creatives that, maybe don't have all of the opportunities in front of them. Mm -hmm. And um, what would you at, what would you tell them to focus on? What would, what would you ask them to focus on while, mm -hmm. while they're waiting for the opportunities yeah. to, to, to come forth? Um, what would you tell them to focus on? Maybe even from a, just a personal like wellness from perspective. Yeah. Education. So obviously like take care of yourself first Yeah. Uh, before taking care of, anyone else because mm -hmm. you can only take care of anyone else if you're doing well yourself right. um, but I would say the thing I touched on uh, earlier in this conversation where the reason I started selling beats was kind of taking control of my own destiny didn't really want to wait for opportunities or because I, I wasn't even I didn't even know what kind of opportunities I would have to look out for because I was in the Netherlands anyway so there wasn't like the hip-hop I wanted to hear wasn't being made um, so take control of your own destiny through whatever means you do have, uh, whatever, um, whatever you can come up with. It's, it's almost like a creative thing where you have to think outside the box, especially if you're, if you have limitations, especially if you probably, mm -hmm. if you grow up in a, in a, in a neighborhood that's not as good, or you yeah. have, uh, like a very complicated family situation, mm -hmm. um, if you are a creative being, mm -hmm. if you're truly a creative being, that is des that is destined to do creative work. Um, trust on that creative creativity, especially if you're already making music, you are already top at least like top ten percent creative people in the world. So you probably already got this creative mind going. Might as well use it for anything in life. Mm -hmm. Might as well use it to maybe in some way. Um, create a better situation for yourself. Um, sure. It's tough for me to kind of speak on that, of course, yeah. because I feel yeah. Yeah. a certain privilege. But having but having a, a solid, like, 
uh, environment of, of people that support you and love you um, is really huge. And I think yeah. we, we do we do get caught up um, sometimes not by not on purpose, but but sometimes by accident being surrounded by the people that can actually like weigh us down oh, yeah. and bring a lot of negativity yeah. into our lives. And I think um, it's important. It's important to find your community. It's yeah. important to find your tribe, find people that are um, inspired and trying to achieve a lot of the same goals. And I think with today's world and how accessible everything is, you could do it digitally. You could do it, um, you know, in person. Um, yeah. And it's it's energy energy is big, right? Energy yeah. is big, right? So like Huge. C- connecting, connecting with other, other creatives has probably uh, helped you along the way too. Tell me, tell me a little bit about like some of the other like collaborators or creative people that you've worked with that made a really big impact on your creative process or your, your, yeah. your ability to like express yourself. Yeah. So, um, it was around 2017 where I kind of felt like I, I was actually, honestly, like in 2017, I was kind of, I was kind of burning out on only doing online beats. Mm-hmm. So I felt like, okay, mm-hmm. I got to change something. I, I got to, I got to exchange real energy with people. Uh, obviously going to Austin was a, was a big part of that decision mm-hmm. to do that. Uh, but also, uh, I decided to start working with artists in the Netherlands more. I was like, okay, let me look into who I can work with. Who do I really fuck with? Why do I fuck with them? And let's see w- what we can make happen. And actually, in 2017, this 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 uh, this artist Joost uh, was coming up in the Netherlands. He had like a couple of big big songs, like one or two. And I was really digging his vibe. And I, I recognized him because he used to comment on my YouTube videos. Like in 2011, 2012, he would always comment like, oh, dope beat, whatever. And at some point I saw him like blow up. Nice. I was like, whoa, what? I'm checking out his content because he was doing like really cool YouTube videos, like funny videos as well. And I really dig the style. So I was like, okay, let me keep an eye on him. Then like a couple months pass by and I see like, okay, he's real serious about this. Let me hit him up. Cause like, I felt like I, I have the experience to kind of bring his music further. Uh, so we started collaborating with him, uh, collaborating with some other uh, people, a female singer from the Netherlands with whom I actually won uh, a Dutch song of the year in 2019. Uh, that was really cool. Uh, but anyway, especially working with Yoast, uh, so that's J O O S T, has helped me a lot with um, understanding and um, yeah, feeling that interpersonal energy in the studio while being while creating. And that I, I found that that's so important to me actually, way more than I thought. I always thought like I'm a, I'm a huge introvert. I I don't need anyone. Just give me my computer, give me my studio. I'm gonna just upload beats and. I'm good. I'll just send out beat packs or whatever. Um, but I found like, damn, for me to thrive and really get myself energetically to a next level where I'm like able to put in so much focus and so much dedication into my craft that I can actually take it to the next level, actually reach the goals that I might be scared to actually dream of because it's just like maybe too high. Um, he definitely gave me a lot of insight in why that's how that's how that's so important for me. We had a, we had a couple of huge 
songs in the Netherlands. We even did a uh, KFC commercial, which was on air for one and a half years on TV. Uh, the last one and a half years, it just got taken off. Um, and it also inspired me to kind of seek these same connections with other producers I had been talking to the last 12 years. Because mm -hmm. I met mm -hmm. so many people online. Mm -hmm. um, people like Danson Beats, yeah. who even flew out to meet me when I was in Austin in 2017 yeah. for a couple of days. Um, like there are so many producers that I was just like, damn, I'm actually friends with these guys. But I did, I've never seen them. I maybe FaceTimed them with them once or something right. like that. And through the years, I definitely learned that if you build a physical connection with someone, even if it's just for one hour, just drinking one coffee, drinking one beer, making music for two hours, um, it changes your whole dynamic of, of the friendship you build uh, online. Mm -hmm. So for instance, the reason, the main reason why I'm in the United States right now is to just meet all these people I became friends with, all these amazingly creative people, Stoic Beats, Dancing Beats, uh, Pilot Kid. Like, there's, there's so many mm -hmm. talented producers out there and artists also yeah. where I, who I've been talking to, uh, who I've been working with uh, online, who I'm now trying to just meet, exchange energy with. Right. Um, and um, yeah, to kind of give it a an actual place in my consciousness rather than just in my online consciousness right, right. it's an evolution it's an evolution yeah. of you know the the you know creatives can't be locked up in one space they have to you know make yeah. beats in different cities and different places with different people and and um it helps it helps you evolve with your sound and your and your um and your brand and and you can't do that without money and you can't do that without a successful independent business, right? You can't do that without yeah. building something, without building a really strong foundation, you know? I think in, in the past, I guess with the traditional way of kind of like music industry, you know, people didn't get into the studio and travel and meet each other in different mm -hmm. places and, and do this until they were signed. Yeah. Until they got signed, yeah, right? Yeah, that until was the thing. Until they got signed <laughs> and had the opportunities. Yeah, yeah. You're doing this independently, yeah. right? You're doing this on your own yeah. dime. Yeah. You you wake up every day and I'm like I'm gonna go to the Canary Islands I'm gonna go yeah. <laughs> to England and I'm gonna go collaborate and I'm gonna go to Ger I'm gonna go live in Berlin yes yeah, so I'm gonna I, go yeah. I'm gonna go right that's another part of your journey yeah right? so I, I moved to Berlin last year yeah yeah but I'm just saying you know these are like amazing amazing milestones especially for a creator that started yeah. online yeah oh right? yeah started online yeah but you're still maintaining that foundation and you're still maintaining that business and you're still nurturing it and you're still building it you're not ignoring it you're just um adding to it you're yeah. adding to it you're yeah. adding to the experiences it just helps with it helps with the the other you know the 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 creative flow of what your 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 beat store would sound like in the future i'm sure you know it these, empowers these, me to yeah do this so me finding out like oh i need physical connections to people to really flower to really flourish i'm happy i already did the groundwork to be and being like an independent producer and independent entrepreneur because yeah. otherwise i would not i would have probably not had the freedom to do it because i've right now i've been traveling i've been on the road for like seven weeks already i went to the canary islands for a month yeah. went to amsterdam for a week flew to out to l.a Right now in Austin, back to LA, 
two weeks from now I'll be in Minneapolis, back to LA, mm -hmm. back to Amsterdam, back to Berlin. That's like my that's my like my you travel should. plan right now. I couldn't have done that if I would have a regular job, right. if I would have like these kind of responsibilities. Yeah. So really yeah. being an entrepreneur and being an independent entrepreneur on BeatStars uh, made it possible for me to get these dreams that I only found, found out about in 2017. Like, oh, this is actually what I really want to do to actually make them happen. So, I mean, you know, like you start with one reason and it might, tra like, it might like, tr transition into another one, but it's always good to, to put energy in the business yeah. to me because I never know what I'm uh, needed for. You know, Tensu, you know, your journey is so interesting too to me, you know, because there wasn't like a major campaign that you went viral and you found your success, right? It was like over it wasn't like an overnight type of oh, no. like success. Mm -hmm. It was it was the journeyman journey. It was yeah. like the you know, the blue collar journey, you know, you yeah. you built it brick by brick by brick and it took some you know, took took oh, took took a long time. Long time. Long time. But you've you what would you what would you like what would you say what would you say to um a young creator right now that that wants to make a living doing what they love doing with with the art that they make um what would you say um in regards to the commitment that they need to yeah. develop their craft and then execute on the business side yeah. what what are what are some of the key components to making that happen yeah. for you? Um, I would say however small your niche may be, if it excites you, just double down on it. Whatever whatever it is, even if there's no one making money through that niche yet. Um, that's definitely a big thing. I would also say, um, actually like something I would advise younger people now is like, if you can't figure it out, write about it, journal about it, journal about, have a conversation with yourself mm. and meditate on it. Like literally sit down for 15 minutes, close your eyes, watch your breath and see what insights your brain will give you. And if you're younger, it's, it's hard to kind of see meditation like that in a, it's kind of an old people thing, right? Or like a yeah. spiritual people yeah. thing. But yeah. I'm not sure how, how kids nowadays look at that shit. But right. I feel like that helped me the past years. And I think if I if I started that, doing if I, if I started doing that way earlier, mm. oh man, like I would have been even further. You would have cleared out the noise. Oh yeah, man. There's so much noise, especially for younger people growing up now, man. They, everyone is on TikTok all the time. Like all their friends are... Uh, I mean, I didn't have a smartphone until I was 18, so that's 10 years ago. Um, so I can only imagine like how hard it is to find focus nowadays. Also, if you're 15 and you're you you can kind of have a feeling like, oh, I want to be a producer because I see these guys on on TikTok all the time making cool beats. I want to do that too, but uh, I gotta go to soccer practice and I gotta do this and that and and kind of if you're able to explain to your parents or your your caretakers or whoever is like is kind of deciding your time for you if you're if you're able to explain to them why you want to do what you want to do you can probably convince them to 
you can convince them to a way further extent than you probably think right now. Yeah. Maybe an original take on it. But, but what about <laughs> from the, you know, it's a business, right? Yeah. And um, you're selling products. You're selling digital products. Yeah. You're selling, um, you know, this is the world marketplace that we live in. Yeah. Um, you're very intentional, though, about the music you make. You're very intentional yeah. about the music you make. Yeah. You know, we all have a signature to our products, right? Yeah. And we all have a signature. Yeah. Like there's some some features and products on BeatStars. If you, you guys don't know, but if you look through it and you're like, oh, that's Abe's touches all over it. That's Abe's, yeah, that's Abe's paintbrush, yeah. right? That's oh, Abe's, that's my paintbrush. Sure. I'm a product person, yeah. right? That's Abe's paintbrush. Yeah. And there's some things there that I've executed on that will live forever maybe, hopefully. You know, it's impacted people's Word. forever. And and I'm very intentional about the products I make. Mm -hmm. You know, um, when you're creating, when you're creating these these digital products mm -hmm. that are pieces of art, you yeah. know, um, where does your, like, where does your strategy go? Like, where does your strategy go when you're, I'm sure in the beginning it was much different than it is today, Yeah, but Today, if you could tell yourself 10 years ago when you first kind of went on this journey, if you could tell yourself 10 years ago to kind of uh, um, locate what that strategy is and yeah. what are kind of what are the uh, initiatives yeah. to, take, to take, What, what, where would you go in regards to your sound and your product? Where would I go or how yeah. would I explain how it would to you, myself? How would you package it? How would I package it? Um, I mean, obviously, your taste, your, your kind of your 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 media taste your cultural taste like whatever excites you is your style or mm -hmm. will probably become your style no matter what because you want to contribute to the thing that excites you like naturally so if if you because like you're trying to to it's so confusing you know because it's like for me it's just um like you said, so much noise mm -hmm. and it's so much like false information that's being put out there and everyone's being kind of influenced to push a certain yeah. sound or a certain genre, a certain like, so some people get into beat making just because someone said it was cool. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. Just yeah, because yeah. someone said it was cool to do, yeah. not because they wanted to express themselves with the music and the, and, and the canvas that they wanted to put yeah. out there. So, but you've been able to, 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 to find you. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah, you ex you dabble into different genres and different different oh, different yeah, different sure. types of sound, yeah, different type of music. Sure, yeah. you touch it all. You touch West Coast. You're into like chill, lo-fi. You're you're into it all, but there's still that Tantu signature. Yeah, that quality signature. Yeah, it's a quality signature for sure. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. Sometimes people. Even, How do you find that? Yeah. How do you find that? Um, and use it part of your you know as part of your yeah. strategy because when you're making a beat. You're thinking about the consumer, right? You're thinking about the consumer oh, yeah. too. You're not just like making yeah. a beat because you, this is, I mean, you are yeah. expressing yourself and you're making the music that you want to yeah. make, but subconsciously you're also thinking about the consumer. 100%. You're of thinking course. about the consumer. Of course. And my consumer would be an artist, of course. Yeah. So the, the person who consumes my beat, yeah. uh, usually. Because um, guys are all over the place. Yeah. They're all over the place. Yeah. People, you know, you got to find something, like I said before, something that, just genuinely that that sparks as like as much as possible interest to you that's like as interesting as possible to you and kind of roll with that because you cannot do anything maybe i i enjoy creating ambience music as well but i i don't enjoy it that much that i'm gonna like do it as well 
right? Or mixing. I like I like mixing songs, but I decided, okay, the only songs I'm gonna mix are the songs I produce myself. I I added into my service. So for instance, it 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 gives an an artist another reason to work with me. So if if it's an artist that like I really fuck with, it might like it might strengthen the connection. I might be able to yeah. give him something extra. But it's hard because like you can you can let the commercial world decide for you like oh this is what what you got to do because this is popping right now yeah. or or I you tried you tried making five different beats and one of those five was like they're all in this in different styles and one of those five was like doing really well they were it's selling really well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you can keep doing that but definitely look inward as well where like, where like okay the process that it took to get to this product. Is that a process that fulfills me? Yeah, it's like going out and in. So, uh, what I what I do for my style. So I just really look at the process. Like, okay, what's the process that fulfills me the most? And then there's the commercial world out there. Where's the middle ground? Because um, I I also get a lot of happiness from making a living through music. So that's also worth changing the pro process for a little bit. Um, so it's, it's like the, the, yeah, like I said, the middle ground between the, the creative process you're, you enjoy going through. Cause you know, like if you're not, if, if making a beat within one hour doesn't fulfill you because you feel like, oh, I can do more, uh, but you still want to produce for artists. Maybe you shouldn't do trap beats. Maybe you should do more like, uh, whatever type be like yeah. uh, there's so many types so of find your sound community too kind of find, yeah. a, find your find yeah. the community that you belong to in yeah regards, in regards find, to sound. find a sound uh, that maybe takes seven hours to to nail and feel more fulfilled feel more fulfilled because then you're going to do it again and and again if you don't feel fulfilled you'll be like ah oh, let me look at my phone let me i'm just right. going to do this and that right. and you won't find the focus you need to get there because there's a lot of competition out there in the music world and there's a lot of people who are super focused yeah um the only thing you owe you owe yourself is finding your own focus yeah. man you're you're a testament to a successful independent musician and you you really are uh, an inspiration to to a lot of young people to know like what's possible you know and thanks man there's so many so many people um especially young people you know, because it's private, you know, making income is private. Sometimes, sometimes making, you know, it's not the coolest thing to, it's not the coolest thing to, to tell the world, you know, it's tell the world how yeah. much, how much yeah, money yeah, yeah, you're yeah. making. And like some, some of these things are private, but I think it's very important for people to, you know, hear your journeyman journey. Right. Mm -hmm. And to know that there, it could also be a lucrative, like financial yeah, for journey sure. for yeah, yourself yeah. too. And people, sure. you know, um, you don't have to talk about, you know, the amount of money, but how how does it feel that you can utilize a, a platform and a technology mm -hmm. like BeatStars and build a, build a consistent cash flow for you that enables yeah. you to go and continue to um, explore your art in different places in different ways and connect with with folks. Yeah, how how that feels to me. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean. It's it's great to be able to make a living, to be able to make a a grander living than is that a word even sure. a, a bigger living we'll than 
you would have expected from life anyway uh coming from like just a regular middle class uh, household or whatever yeah um i mean that's that's all bonus though mm-hmm. like i feel like me making a living is that was like one of the biggest goals and i already reached that in 2013 so that's it's been it's, it's been a while yeah um but all the other like the extras you you earn so for instance uh in 2020 i i had my first year where i had like a six-figure income yeah um Congrats. and that's like it, it changes a lot about the way you think about the world as well and like the opportunities you you kind of see it's like oh wait i never thought i would be able to do this but now i kind of have the funds right. to do it might as well give it a shot because like i'm in this privileged position and uh yeah man i'm really thankful to you yeah. and to BeatStars Appreciate you, man. that um, you guys are providing the platform, not only for me, but the hundreds, the thousands of lives you guys have have changed uh, and kind of empowered. Because I feel like without that, there would so there would be so, how do, I, how, do, how do I put that? There would be so many more producers struggling out there, yeah. especially the producers who are living remote, remote in remote areas in whatever country they're living in you know it yourself mm-hmm. they're they're from everywhere and i i just think that i feel blessed for them and i feel blessed for myself to be part of that movement and that being the driving force to me living the best possible life bro it was so awesome having you here with me Thanks, telling, bro. telling me your, your story <laughs> your journey um please come back to austin don't don't wait another three four years i know this pandemic oh, show, yeah but uh thank you congratulations on everything you've accomplished for in, in, in inspiring not just me but so many other creatives around the world man and thank you for being on this podcast brother thank you man yes sir on to the next beats. one <laughs> appreciate you man appreciate you man Yes, sir. Beat stars, the foundation, the precedence. We flying flags in every city, global residence. And we killing off the masters. Ghetto slave driving bastards. We making hits faster than you could think. We're on the brink of revolution. All my indie music makers, here's your restitution. Uh, we got the game in a chokehold. Not paying the creators is a no-no. I got the smoke road for all the fam bam.